Hi, I'm Holly. And I am Danielle. And this is the Spooky Hour. Always. It's Halloween. It's what? Yeah. That, like, Halloween. <laughs> I just came up with that on the spot right now. Yeah. I'm just really good at what I do. Happy almost Halloween, everybody. It's so exciting. How is it already ha- almost Halloween? Like, I how- don't know where this month has gone. <laughs> no, I don't know where this year has gone. It's been so slow and fast at the same time. I realized uh, today, I forget what I was looking at, but I've been at work, back at work for 12 weeks now. Really? I feel like my mom just jumped off the stairs. <laughs> but that oh was like God. 14 weeks ago now. <laughs> I haven't been back to work. I went to the office once to get some stuff, but I haven't been oh back God, to the yeah, office I forgot about that. since March 13th. That's insane. I am more Gosh. of a hermit than I ever was. It's like a dream come true, but also not at the same time. Yeah. I need a haircut, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> But here we are. We made it to Halloween, which is my new my new phrase that I'm coining. I love it. Uh, we are Saturday is the big day. Um, obviously, it's not going to be as great as it was. Um, I'm still dressing up. We might Danielle and I are in what are they called now? Pods, safety circles, whatever right, they are. They're uh, safe bubbles, safety bubbles. Bubbles. Danielle and I are in a bubble, so Danielle and I might hang out on Halloween, but that's about it. Yep. That's, that's I trust her doing. bubble. <laughs> I mean, I haven't left my house since March 13th. I think you're safe. <laughs> yeah, she's probably got the safest bubble out of everyone. I, know. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, we're. I'm going to dress up. Uh, if you guys dress up, even though the contest is already over, just show us anyways, because I freaking love Halloween, man. Yeah. I don't know. I want to dress up. I don't know what I'm going to dress up as yet, because I don't want to leave my house to get stuff, but I'll make it fun. Yeah, that was my whole thing. So my costume is not going to be as great as I would like it to be. Because I refuse to go out to buy things. <laughs> Just make me dead. Bring some makeup and make me dead. Done. We are done. I have most things, I think. I think I can make it work. Perfect. We'll I mean, I, we don't even have to change my skin tone. I look dead anyways. I've seen the sun in a fucking... <laughs> since March. <laughs> We're good. Ah. Uh, this is funny um but yeah again if you're celebrating just just let us know try to cheer my halloween spirit and then um unfortunately yes please stay safe don't be stupid don't have house parties if you have a bubble that you feel safe with by all means but that is it and under 10 or whatever it is yeah i don't even know what it is now (laughs) a couple of the places here went back to we have like stages one two and three and yeah. some of them got pushed back to stage two. So it's like the gyms are closing again because it's getting yeah. worse again. So. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Our um, our area is not the worst of it, but we are increasing and I am getting stressed out about it. So just yeah. just be smart. You know, we're doing uh, so today, today, Friday, when we're recording is my nephew's birthday and uh, we're doing an outside party in October because they're not in our bubble. So we're going to stand in the backyard and, and wave and, you know. <laughs> If that's what you have to do to celebrate things, then just do it. Next yeah. year will be better if you just do it. Save everybody's life and wear a fucking mask and wash your goddamn hands. That's all it takes, man. Um, and then as of midnight or 12.01 a.m. on November 1st, it's Christmas, unfortunately, in Danielle's world. So that's what you'll hear about for the rest of the year. <laughs> I'm so excited, you guys. I actually have a plan to... Uh, I We won't tell Stuart and Carl, um, our significant others. Uh, I'm going to bring a christmas shirt 
if we hang out on Halloween. Oh my and then God, you and please. I will both change right at midnight. We'll both have to pee at the same time or something. And we'll both come out in Christmas gear and see how mad they get. Oh my God. I don't even like Christmas. I'm just tired and <laughs> bored and need some excitement <laughs> in my life. <laughs> Stuart probably won't be surprised. I mean, I, you guys, I bought a Christmas tree last week because it was on sale. It was like dirt fucking cheap. It was a really good deal. I, yeah. I supported this. Yeah. And... <laughs> I got home and I just kept looking at the tree and I guess Stuart felt bad and he was like, we can put it up now if you really want to. And I was <laughs> like, who are you? And where is Stuart? <laughs> yeah. Do you you put it up in July? <laughs> yes. It's you been guys, a rough year. It has. There's no rules anymore. There's absolutely no, no rules. And I, I actually let her have it. I don't know if any, I've said this on the podcast. I fucking hate Christmas. I do. I don't love it. It's not my favorite. But she uh put her Christmas tree up in July and I fucking listened to Mariah Carey for her. Yep. So that's what a supportive friend <laughs> looks like and sounds like. It's great. I'm just doing my best man. <laughs> With that, can we get back to Halloween? I'm getting a rash. Yeah, we can. <laughs> She's gonna croak um, over. It's gonna be fine. Uh I hate it. Um so I guess this is the uh the last spooktober special yeah oh my god it's so sad. sad face i actually had a lot of fun doing this it was Me a too. lot of work but you guys responded to it very well these have been some of our like highest downloaded episodes so thank you for celebrating spooktober with yeah. us we're not done yet uh nope. but you know thank you anyways <laughs> we're so excited you guys and we this are month so was crazy crazy busy yes. so thanks for putting up with our craziness we appreciate it we we really do. This month has been so much fun and it's been a dream come true for me because I freaking love Halloween and it's been so much fun to plan it and so much fun that everyone loved it and got involved with it also. So with that, drum roll please. Murder. Our murder. <laughs> <laughs> Our Spooktober True Crime Countdown number one spot. If you haven't guessed it yet, just just close whatever you're listening to this on and just, just leave. Um, because it's, um, can I guess it? it? You, do you know what you say it, Danielle? Number one is... The Zodiac Killer. It sure is. I know. <laughs> big surprise. Um, so I've always been so fascinated by this case. It's one of those legendary killers from the 70s. But he has almost like a horror movie twist to him with like the, the notes and the cryptic messages and the fact that he's never been identified. Um, so let's get into some of his crimes in his twisted puzzles. You know what's crazy, though, is like I know about the Zodiac Killer, but I don't actually know any of the details. Like, I don't know why he's called Zodiac. I haven't. So I'm learning and I'm so excited. For it. <laughs> I actually learned while doing this, too. So I um, these first two murders that I'm going to talk about, I didn't know about. Oh. And so they were not originally associated with the Zodiac until much later in his crime spree. So this case actually starts way back in June of 1963. Um, the Zodiac sort of reached his peak, I believe, in 67. Okay. And then into the 70s. So way back in 63, um, 18-year-old Robert Domingos and 17-year-old Linda Edward, Edwards, pardon me, who were engaged uh, at at 17 and 18 years old. Wow. Um, they, I feel like that's a very American thing. Americans, why do you guys get engaged so early? Um, you get so, engaged early, you get married early, and you get divorced early. You just got to go. You guys just, yeah, you do it all in one shot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here for it. <laughs> so they, uh, they failed to return home from a trip to the beach near their home in Santa Barbara. After 24 hours, uh, Robert's father became worried and drove out to the beach looking for them. He found them, but unfortunately, they were no longer alive. Um, the pair was found shot to death. Robert had been shot 11 times and Linda Holy. had been shot nine. Um, and they were found in a slightly destroyed cabin near the beach. Um, 
Investigators noted that it appeared as though they were shot on the beach and dragged into this cabin. The killer attempted to set the cabin on fire but failed and left a crumbled mess behind. So it was kind of like black and smoldering but not, you know, burnt down to the ground yet. So pyrotechnics Um, was not his thing. Yeah, no, he, this was the only time he tried it. He tried and failed. Um, (laughs) So this is, this is important to note. Uh, Winchester Western Super X ammunition, which would later be found at other Zodiac killer locations, um, they were found at the scene. Uh, So at the time, investigators didn't even know the Zodiac was a thing yet, but these, these bullets were important. This ammunition was, I don't know gun terms. I should look up gun terminology one day. They're just (laughs) bullets, you guys. That's it. The the shell casing, perhaps? Uh I don't know. I don't know how it works. But the, uh, the Winchester Western Super X ammunition that, that was found at almost all of the other Zodiac crime scenes. And he actually mentions it in a letter and it was found at this first crime scene prior to his big rise to infamy i guess um you know how like you can like trace bullets and stuff like that and like casings i guess they couldn't do that back then like it wasn't really you know i don't know because i feel like you just look at a picture of it you know what i mean because it's the lines that line up yeah the 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 barrel i'm we're we're trying to be csi (laughs) we're not csi (laughs) it's like i know what i'm trying to say i just don't know how to say it i don't know uh so Fast forward a wee bit, October 30th, 1966, 18-year-old Cherry Bates disappeared after leaving a note for her father saying she was going to the local library in her hometown of Riverside, California. The next morning, her car was discovered in the library parking lot, and shortly afterwards, her body was found between two houses in the area. She had been stabbed several times and had her throat cut. A men's watch was found on the scene, along with a boot print, boot print. It's a footprint and a boot print combined, along with a boot print and some foreign hairs. There was no evidence of sexual assault, which is important to note because uh, the Zodiac actually never sexually assaulted any of his victims. Um, He just had immense rage of wanting to kill everybody, apparently. Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, One month later, the local newspaper and police department in Riverside received typewritten letters that are both titled The Confession. These letters contain a strange confession that includes lines such as, quote, Miss Bates was stupid. She went to the slaughter like a lamb. And, quote, I am not sick. I am insane. Police didn't know this at the time, but this was actually the first letter from what was soon to be known as the Zodiac. Um, So this is another case that was not initially tied to him uh, until much later. And okay. we're going to get to that. The next letter came in April of 1967, but this one was handwritten. Three identical copies were sent to the newspaper, the t- police department, and to Cherry's father, Joseph. <sighs> this letter read, quote, Bates had to die. There will be more. They were signed with a strange symbol that closely resembled the letter Z. Z, whatever country you're from. I think Z is American. I don't know why I went with that one. Um, I don't even know what I say. Like I say Z because it rhymes in the alphabet. Z, like w, Z. Um, Z rhymes. Z doesn't rhyme. It bothers me that it doesn't rhyme. We're getting way off topic, but that's how I feel about the alphabet. <laughs> uh, so we're fast forwarding again a wee bit to December 20th, 1968 in Benicia, California. I hope I said that right. Um, high school sweethearts Betty Lou Jensen and David Faraday were out on their first date. Super adorbs. Um, as everyone did in the 60s, they took a drive down to their local lover's lane on Lake Herman Road. As we all know, this never ends well. 
So they were the couple was found sometime after 11 p.m. by someone driving by. Both had been found outside of their car with gunshot wounds. Betty was pronounced dead on the scene with five bullets found in her back. And by some miracle, David was found alive, but barely hanging on with a bullet wound to his head. He eventually did pass away. Um after when he was in hospital there were bullet holes found in the roof and the back window of the car which indicated to investigators that the shooter tried to scare them in order to get them out of the vehicle before the attack so he shot into the car first they scrambled and then he shot them again outside of the car i don't want to be that person but like why wouldn't you just start your car and try to drive away but here we are (laughs) i would have never thought about that so this is why danielle survives a horror movie and i don't (laughs) (laughs) Um, the shell casings found at the scene were Winchester Western Super X ammunition. Hmm. A few months later, in the late night hours of July 4th, 1969, Darlene Farron and Michael Majot were sitting in the parking lot of a blue, oh, sorry, of Blue Rock Springs Park near Vallejo, California. Michael would later recall hearing another car pull up behind them. They thought nothing of it until the occupant of that vehicle came out and approached their car. He shined a flashlight into their window before firing a gun at them. Michael was shot in the jaw, shoulder, and leg, and Darlene was hit several times, but the article I read did not indicate where. Um, Michael somehow survived this ordeal, but Darlene uh, died at the hospital. The couple were found because of a call that came into the police station that would later be traced back to a gas station payphone. The caller told police, quote, I want to report a murder. If you will go one mile east on Columbus Parkway, you will find kids in a brown car. They were shot with a nine millimeter lugger, luger. I don't know. I forgot to look up the name of this gun. Lugger. I don't know. It's a gun. It shoots people. It shoots. They were shot with a gun. Um, He continued, I also killed those kids last year. Goodbye. What the fuck? So the kids last year he was referring to were uh, Betty and David from the last murder I just told you about. So does he always kill couples? Except. Nope. Okay. Because I was like, is he just like (laughs) not. He sort of you'll see a little bit he has it's almost like he tries to find his mo and then he finds it but then it's not enough so he changes it again okay so he's so, just crazy yeah. like you said so, he's insane he he is he's literally insane he he nailed it <laughs> later that month uh the first and most recognized of the zodiac letters was received on july 31st 1969 the vallejo times herald the san francisco chronicle and the san francisco examiner received almost entirely identical letters accompanied by uh, ciphers which are sort of like word puzzles so they're like symbols and stuff um, and each symbol represents a letter um, in the zodiac's case i believe he fucked around and like uh like the letter l had like four different symbols that all meant l so like you can make okay. your own sort of so it's all pictures different symbols and stuff and they all make words um so these letters are all up online if you want to see them for yourselves um, but to summarize, he confessed to the murders of Darlene Farron and Betty Lou Jensen and David Faraday. He included a list of things that would prove he was a killer, such as evidence found on the scene and what victim Betty Lou was wearing. He even went as far as to describe the positions that the victims were in when he left the scene, and he described it to a T. Okay. Um, he, and this was only something that the police and the killer would know. Uh, he demanded that the newspapers all print his cipher on their front pages, claiming that they would expose his true identity. He threatened to go on a killing rampage if the cipher was not run by Friday afternoon. The last line reads, quote, I will chase around all weekend killing lone people in the night and then move on to kill again until I end up with a dozen people over the weekend. 
The letters were all signed with a strange symbol, a cross with a circle in the middle, which is now widely known as the Zodiac Killer symbol. He's very extra. He is. And that's that's what sort of fascinated me about him is that it's all a game to him. Yeah. He's like, like he's, the, he, he's like Jigsaw. Yeah, I think I say that later <laughs> when I was writing, like finishing it off. I'm pretty sure I make a Saw reference. I wonder uh, if we'll Saw get was based off of him. <laughs> I want to play a game. I feel like to an extent it might have been just the the twistedness behind yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so he didn't end up making the front page, but the San Francisco Chronicle and San Francisco Examiner did publish articles about the murders and the letters. Um, Vallejo Police Chief Jack E. Stiltz urged the killer to write again for more solid evidence that he was legit, and the killer obliged. On August 4th, 1969, the Examiner received a three-page letter. The letter opens with the iconic line, quote, This is the Zodiac speaking. It was the first time the killer, or anyone for that matter, had given himself a name. He also taunted police, asking if they were, quote, having a good time with his cipher. He continued, quote, if not, tell them to cheer up. When they do crack it, they will have me. So he made his own name. Don't know why. Okay. Just- That's like, um, didn't BTK try to make yep. his own name? And he kept, I'm pretty like, sure. He was yeah. like, I want to be called this. And then eventually, like, I don't know. Yeah, Maybe- so he just, I gotta say, though zodiac is a fucking great name to pick like it's such a like for such a simple word that doesn't really have a scary meaning it has so much fear behind it now yeah it like makes it like iconic yeah. almost i don't want to say so, iconic because like, it's like a bad word i know it's, that, but it's always so hard to like describe things like that with cases because obviously he's horrible obviously he's a murderer obviously we don't like him but he did a great job naming himself yeah he did uh, so the letter continued, and the Zodiac told police more about the crime scene, stuff that only uh, they and the real killer would know. He walked them through his murder and told them how he had taped a flashlight to his gun so he could have a better shot at night. The letter was signed with the same symbol as before, as well as the words, quote, no address, so that they couldn't write him back, I guess. I don't know. Can you imagine, days- like, he wrote it, and he's like, this is my address. Like, <laughs> Yeah, return to... <laughs> Eight days later, on August 8th, 1969, the first cipher was solved. Almost. Um, A couple from North Salinas, uh, school teacher Donald Hardin and his wife Betty, contacted the San Francisco Chronicle with what they believed was a solution to the cipher. Uh, This is a direct quote from History.com because they explained it better than I ever could. Quote, Betty is credited with discovering two cribs, words or phrases suspected to appear in the message. Cribs are powerful crypt cryptolanic tools because once a location or locations can be determined for them several substitutions can be identified which can accelerate the unraveling process so basically she discovered some phrases noticed they were repeating and ended up piecing together the whole message i wish i could be that smart i would love to be that smart so i found um like a, a zodiac uh cypher cracks website where you can like type the symbol and type a letter that you think it is and try to crack it okay I did not get very far. <laughs> You're like, I got one letter and I'm done. I, it was bad. Um, so the pair had almost solved the entire 408 symbol cipher, except for the last 18 letters, which people believe is the killer's real name. And it to this day has not been cracked, those last 18 letters. So what they solved, the portion of the cipher reads, quote, 
I like killing people because it is so much fun. It is more fun than killing wild game in the forest because man is the most dangerous animal of all. To kill something gives me the most thrilling experience. It is even better than getting your rocks off with a girl. The best part of it is that when I die, I will be reborn in paradise and all of the people I have killed will become my slaves. I will not give you my name because you will try to slow down or stop my collecting of slaves for my afterlife. He's probably dead now and he's just like in dirt absolutely yeah, nowhere just nowhere. rotting it's fine yeah um so you are a manure 19- my good friend you are a manure <laughs> worm food <laughs> uh in 1969 police in riverside california contacted investigators in northern california regarding the similarities between the Zodiac crimes and the murder of Cherry Bates, uh, which we discussed a little earlier. Mm-hmm. Sherwood Morrill, who was the documents examiner for the California Department of Justice, concluded that the same person who wrote the Zodiac letters also wrote the notes received by police and Cherry's father back in 1963. So this new murder was now tied to the Zodiac. Um, it was later exposed to the public by Paul Avery, who's a reporter for the San Francisco san francisco chronicle excuse me uh the zodiac couldn't let paul steal his thunder so he sent a letter to the los angeles times the letter reads in part quote i do not have to oh sorry quote i do have to give them credit for stumbling across my riverside activity but they're only finding the easy ones there are a hell of a lot more down there so he's implying that cherry bates was not his only victim at that time in the early 60s okay um i don't think they ever found any more from that area that they tied to him but he's He's dropping some hints there. Okay. On September 27th, 1969, a couple of college students named Brian Hartnell and Cecilia Shepard were hanging out near Lake Berryessa, which is near Napa, California. Suddenly, a man appeared holding a gun and wearing a hooded costume with a symbol stitched into the chest area. Uh, The symbol uh, was the cross with the circle in the middle. The stranger told the couple that he had escaped from prison and needed money and a car to escape to Mexico. From what I understand, they were, like, ready to oblige and give him what he wanted. Um, But instead, he then tied their wrists with a plastic clothesline and stabbed Brian in the back six times. He proceeded to stab Cecilia ten times. At 7.40 p.m., a man called the Napa Police Department to report a double murder. The caller described Brian's car told police how to get to the crime scene and then confessed saying quote i'm the one who did it uh, police traced the call to a payphone at a car wash in napa cecilia died two days later but brian was another one who actually survived his run-in with the zodiac so that's how we know that he was wearing his creepy costume that he now has put on for some reason okay does like no one have like freaking cameras like well i mean it's the 60s i mean true I don't know. but like <laughs> this is so stressful <laughs> Uh, there were, like, sightings of him and stuff. Like, people had seen a sketchy man leaving crime yeah. scenes and all that, but nothing was ever really looked into. And you know what's... Uh, ag- this is totally off topic. Well, not really, but it's just crazy how many serial killers were in, like, the 60s, 70s, 80s. Yeah. And now you barely hear about any. So, again, off topic, but there's... I read an article a few years ago about that, and it has something to do with, like, economic hardships and all that stuff. So murders and stuff tend to peak after time around or after times of economic hardships okay so like um after the world wars etc etc so they have predicted uh at the time when i read the article from 2018 until like 2030 we're gonna have another like 60s 70s serial killer boom and uh, it's like you guys around... we're not having a baby boom we're having a serial and, killer boom. yeah <laughs> well th- we'll think about it so it started um my first thing was bruce MacArthur. yeah 
And that was in, I believe, 2018. But then we're in an economic hardship right now. Everyone is being forced inside, isolated. Uh, You know, mental illness is a very serious thing. And some people may not be taking care of themselves who have these sort of tendencies. Yeah. I'm not saying that a serial wave is coming, but... You never we're know. Setting ourselves up. <laughs> <laughs> we, we're doing a pretty ga- damn good job yeah. of it. There's a there's a lot of uh, babies and toddlers being born who are not having any socialization, which is detrimental to their developmental health. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> like if as as anyone like raised a puppy, like you gotta socialize the dog, or it'll be oh, a absolutely. nightmare. It's the same as kids. Absolutely. So I I it's interesting that you brought that up because apparently we're about to enter a serial killer boom. Apparently. I sound excited about it. Yeah. I'm <laughs> because just, I'm fucked up. <laughs> I have cameras on my house, so good luck getting in my house, assholes. Honestly, I would be honored to be killed by a serial killer. That's how I would want to go. Oh my god, you're so <laughs> fucked. <laughs> I just hope that there's a good Forensic Files episode about me. <laughs> it's like before you die, just be like, I want to be on Forensic Files, asshole. Make this good. <laughs> yeah, just draw something on the walls or something, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh god okay so yeah he survived um when police arrived on the scene they noticed that the killer had used a pen to draw the zodiac symbol on the door with the dates and locations of the previous murders he also wrote the date september 7th sorry september 27th 69 and the time 6 30 and the words by knife so he documented his first two murders and then added this one to it uh explaining his choice of weapon i guess he's playing Um, clue yeah, basically. That's <laughs> that's what it sounds like. Yeah. yeah. There's a there's actually a picture of the car if you go to history.com and find the Zodiac killer article. Um for some reason, it really creeped me out. And it's not graphic, it's not gory, but just like it really it's creeped me out. Very disturbing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So go look it up. Um I actually used the history.com article a hell of a lot for my research they laid it out beautifully so shout out to them check it out because they word things way better than me <laughs> the zodiac was starting to change his mo a little he changed the weapon he was using and he left a message on the scene this time uh, his next murder took it up yet another notch 28 year old paul stein was a cab driver in san francisco on october 11th 1969 he picked up the worst customer he could find and was shot to death in his cab the killer left the scene with a piece of Paul's shirt that had been torn off. Uh, the police who had arrived on the scene mistakenly described the suspect as a black man because of fucking course they did. And o- officers had looked over a, quote, less suspicious white man who was seen leaving the scene. But it turned out that they had fucked up really bad. On October 12th, the San Francisco Chronicle received an envelope with a letter from the Zodiac, uh, which began the words, quote, I am the murderer of the taxi driver. He goes on to taunt the police by saying, quote, the San Francisco police could have caught me last night if they had searched the park properly. So he saw them. Wow. He was there. And uh, they were looking for a black man instead. Great police work, <laughs> assholes. God damn. <laughs> so he ends the letter with a threat of killing a bus full of school children saying, quote, I think I shall wipe out a school bus some morning. Just shoot out the front tires and then pick off the kitties as they come bouncing out. That's Beyond- so fucked up. It's really fucked up. Um, and again, all of these letters are readily available online. You could read every single Zodiac letter, every single Zodiac cipher. Uh, there's handwritten photocopies. Like, it's all there. And it's fascinating to look at. Um, very gross, but fascinating. Uh, the envelope also contained a blood-stained piece of Paul Stein's shirt. 
On October 22, 1969, the Oakland Police Department received a phone call from a man claiming to be the Zodiac. The caller said he wanted a famous Boston attorney named F. Lee Bailey to appear on a local television talk show, but told the operator that he would settle for San Francisco lawyer Melvin Belly if Mr. Bailey couldn't make it. <laughs> I gave you guys <laughs> options, okay? Yeah, he's nice enough to do that. So hours after the call, Melvin Belly was ready to go on air with television host Jim Dunbar. The Zodiac kept his promise and dialed in, and he agreed to be called Sam by Melvin and Jim. He spoke very few words, but admitted to having an interest in both of the attorneys for quite some time, hoping that one of them would help him end his crime spree without a death sentence. The call ab- ended abruptly after Sam slash the Zodiac started screaming on the phone. When Melvin asked what was happening, he replied, quote, my headaches. I'm so sick. I'm having one of my headaches. I'm going to kill them. I'm going to kill all those kids. What so- the hell? <laughs> The Zodiac has always sort of dropped hints, both in his letters and in uh, more cryptic phone calls to the police, that he has some sort of sickness. Mm -hmm. It almost sounds, uh, I could be wrong, but I think schizophrenic is the correct term, where he's like hearing voices and stuff. So whoever the Zodiac is, like Sam, let's call him, does not want to kill, but he's saying that the Zodiac is making him do it. Like he has like multiple personalities. Yeah. thing. Yeah. So he's, he's reaching out to these lawyers being like, help me, take me in do something but then you know the zodiac takes over yeah like a jekyll and hyde sort of situation exactly um so i would like to mention that this call most likely might have been fake um fbi found a man named eric weil um and they think that he is the one who called in and just faked the call okay but um everyone on that set was convinced that it was actually the real zodiac um everyone who watched it was convinced it was the real zodiac but apparently allegedly it was fake um on november 8th 1969 another letter came in with yet another piece of paul stein's shirt there was you guessed it another cipher to be solved the next day, another letter came into the San Francisco Chronicle. This letter was the Zodiac's longest message at seven pages long. It contained his usual threats and vagueness, but also had a drawing of a homemade bomb that the Zodiac claimed he was planning to detonate on a school bus. The Zodiac's threat to assassinate school children terrified parents and children everywhere and created a nightmare of security concerns for police and school officials. Um, apparently, armed men would escort children to and from school while patrol cars and even aircrafts were, like, following along popular school routes and stuff to make sure that everyone was fine. Um However, his threats did remain empty. No buses were ever blown up. No children were ever killed. So on December 20th, 1969, Melvin Belly received... Uh, so Melvin Belly, the lawyer, received a letter in the mail. Uh, you'll never guess who it was from. Not the Zodiac. <laughs> it cannot be. <laughs> it cannot be. <laughs> I love that. Uh, the Zodiac begged Melvin to help him stop killing. He signed the letter, quote, Please help me. I cannot remain in control for much longer. There were several other attempts to contact Melvin, but apparently he was a great lawyer and traveled the world, so he missed all of these letters. Um, His staff had forwarded them to him, and Melvin would then relay messages to his staff. It sounded like a mess, so eventually Melvin took out articles in newspaper telling the Zodiac to turn himself in and that Melvin would protect him as a defense lawyer once he returned from his travels. Um, In March of 1970, 22-year-old Kathleen Johns and her baby daughter were driving to Petaluma, California, to visit Kathleen's sick mother. Uh, She was also seven months pregnant at the time. Uh, This is 
important because she's also a fucking badass. We'll get there in a sec. <laughs> um, as she traveled on Highway 132 near Modesto, another vehicle pulled alongside the station wagon and the driver appeared to signal to her to pull over. Uh, on the side of the road, the driver explained that the back wheel of Kathleen's station wagon was loose, but he said that he would fix it for her. Um, instead, he loosened all the lug nuts, and as soon as she tried to drive away, the wheel fell off. Um, yeah, yeah, what a like gross move to make. The man then offered to drive Kathleen to a gas station, uh, but she climbed into his car and discovered that he appeared to have other plans. She claimed that he also made threats to harm her and her child. Eventually, Kathleen grabbed her daughter and jumped from the car like a badass bitch. Um, a passing driver took Kathleen to a nearby police station where she identified the stranger from a police sketch of the Zodiac. Oh my gosh. Months later, in July 1970, a Zodiac letter mentioned, quote, a rather interesting ride with a woman and her baby. So this one was never... gave me shivers. Yeah. This one was not really 100% tied to the Zodiac until he made that vague statement about being a rather interesting ride. Yeah. Um, so she she potentially escaped the Zodiac. Good for and, her. And, like, what a badass. Jumping out of a moving vehicle with her toddler while seven months pregnant. I gotta give her mad kudos for that. Hell Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the letters kept coming throughout April of 1970, and he started to toy with people a little. Uh, one letter asked that all of his bomb threats against children uh, be made public. There were more during this time, and that everyone in California wear buttons with his symbol on them. So at the time, it was, you know, uh, a hippie era in the 70s, so everyone was wearing, like, peace sign buttons. Yeah. So he drew, like, a peace sign button and said, like, I want a button like this, but with my symbol instead. He's like, I want to build a cult. <laughs> yeah. So the letters kept piling up throughout the rest of 1970 into 1971. I would love to go through each one of them for you, but I'm trying to keep this as short as I can. Again, they're all online if you want to read them all. Uh, one letter sent in March of 1971 hinted to another possible murder. The letter contained an advertisement for a condo being built in Lake Tahoe, Nevada, and had phrases like, pass Lake Tahoe areas and sought victim victim 12 in it. So these phrases were actually cut out of the newspaper and like glued to the advertisement. Um, so some interpreted this cryptic message as a clue to the disappearance of 25 year old Donna Lass, who had been missing since September 6, 1970. So peak freaking Zodiac time from Lake Tahoe. Her car was found abandoned near her apartment and she was never seen or heard from again. This victim has not been confirmed, but it is possible that she was also killed by the Zodiac. Then the Zodiac went silent. No killings, no letters, no nothing. There was a small blip in 1973 when a newspaper in New York received a letter, but FBI specialists had determined that this one was most likely not a genuine Zodiac letter. Um, it mentions something about like, oh, you guys think I'm dead. You think I'm in the hospital. Joke's on you. I'm going to kill everybody. Um, but people think it was a fake. Experts think it was a fake. Um, so he was gone for three years until January 1974, when the San Francisco Chronicle received a letter where the Zodiac referred to The Exorcist as a comedy movie and signed the letter. <laughs> Same, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he signed the letter with like a scoreboard that said me 37 San Francisco Police Department zero. So this is a hint that he allegedly killed 37 total victims at this time. Holy shit. He didn't even sign this letter. He was so cocky. He knew they knew who he was. So he left it unsigned no symbol no nothing and i believe that he uh like the envelope said from a friend that's it that's so fucked up yeah <laughs> oh my goodness 
Um, so throughout 1974, there were more letters, sort of. They were more like short notes sent in. They were left unsigned or signed by odd names. Um, the first note in February referred to the SLA, which is the Symbionese Liberation Army. I had to look this up. So apparently it's a group of militant urban guerrillas uh, who were responsible for the abduction of a newspaper heiress named Patty Hearst. Um, this message was signed, quote, a friend. Um then in May, a message came in from someone who signed it as, quote, a citizen. Uh, they complained about the, quote, glorification of violence in newspaper ads for the movie The Badlands, which is about the killing spree by uh, Richard Starkweather and his 14-year-old girlfriend. And then the last letter was sent in July. The writer complained that the San Francisco columnist Marco Spinelli suffered from a, quote, serious psychological disorder and should be so sent, quote, back in the hellhole from whence it came. This letter was signed, The Red Phantom, Red with Rage. So again, these were all short little notes that were sent into the newspaper, not signed, no obvious clue that it was from the Zodiac, but very obviously from the Zodiac. Zodiac. <laughs> yeah. uh, there was silence again until 1978 when the San Francisco uh, Chronicle received a letter in May. This final letter reads, quote, Dear editor, this is the Zodiac speaking. I am back with you. Tell Herb Kane I am here. I have always been here. I can't read that word. That city pig Toshi is good, but I am smarter and better and will get tired. Then leave me alone. I am waiting for a good movie about me. Who will play me? I am now in control of all things. Yours truly. And then it has the Zodiac symbol. Um, and then he's saying guess, meaning guess how many people I've killed at this point. So some FBI experts say this last letter is fake, but all of the staff at the Chronicle were convinced this was the real deal. However, it was the last that anyone had heard from the Zodiac, real or fake. He disappeared after this letter and may or may not, or sorry, he disappeared after this letter that may or may not have come from him. The case is still open to this day and the mystery lives on through several film adaptations, books, and of course, true crime nerds like myself desperately wanting to see the case solved. Um, I did watch the Zodiac with Jake Gyllenhaal and uh, Iron Man, whose name I can't remember. It was Robert K. Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. Thank you. Um, isn't, um, oh my God, the guy play, isn't... Jake Gyllenhaal, I think they hint is him in it, I think. Yeah, but isn't Mark Ruffalo in it too? Yeah, he's in it too. Yeah. He plays one of the, the news guys. Yeah. It was It was pretty well done um they did the like all of the murder scenes really well i've well okay really true to what happened yeah when i say really well that's what i mean <laughs> um so this is one of the ones that i'm really hoping has some sort of ancestry dna miracle like we've been seeing lately um he's the most mysterious serial killer to date and he also put the most effort in like we were saying and this is <laughs> this is what we were saying earlier it kind of gives me like a saw type of vibe where like he could just kill people just just shoot them and like leave but instead he likes to toy with not only his victims but the entire fucking state of california yeah so there's a twisted uh psychological torture aspect to his mo and i think that's what makes him the most fascinating serial killer of all time uh there have been some theories on who he could be more than one person has accused their father of being the zodiac with some like 
not really great evidence to back it up. Okay. A couple of people have written, written, a couple of people have written books being like, my dad's a Zodiac killer, and it's a little weird. Um, and then, of course, we all know that U.S. Senator Ted Cruz was accused of being this Zodiac for a while. I, I, I don't remember know why. That. <laughs> it was like a weird meme thing that happened, but like, I'm convinced now. <laughs> but for now, the identity of the Zodiac remains a mystery, which is why he is number one on my Spooktober True Crime Countdown. Love it. Here for it. That's he sounds absolutely fucked. crazy. He is. I wonder if he's dead or if like he. I would think so. Like that's what I think because like if he's having that many issues, like mental issues. Yeah. I feel like I don't want to say like everyone commits suicide, but like I feel like maybe he got had to a that battle point. with himself. Yeah. yeah, in that sort of way, which is really sad. But like at the same time, it's like, yeah, what I the don't. Fuck? I don't think he's alive. I think he liked the attention too much to yeah. just stop toying with people. Yeah. Um. So I think I think he's dead also. But yeah. I still want to know who he is. I would Yo, I would love for any sort of DNA miracle. I think it would be like the coolest thing to happen in my lifetime is to see him identified. Yeah. I and again, agree. I sound really excited. Uh, I don't love serial killers. I just I know I reiterate this all the time, but I, I just get really excited talking about them. We just I just solve think, all of it. That's it. Yeah, I just want to solve it. I think the the psychological aspect behind him is just fascinating yeah. and unexplainable. And I could not tell you what is wrong with him. <laughs> like, he's just fucking crazy. But yeah, I'm very glad I got to do this episode for Spooktober. He's I my, knew it went, my I, faves. I knew it was going to be Zodiac. I knew it. Of course. If you guys knew it was going to be Zodiac, just leave me a mean comment. <laughs> <laughs> Lame. <laughs> Unsurprising. <laughs> Called it. <laughs> Our fellow spookies, have you ever wondered if your house is haunted? If so, it's time to say hello to the bump in the night. This October, the Haunted Walk is inviting you to take part in a massive paranormal experiment. The Haunting at Home is an online interactive audio experience you could do right in your own house, apartment, or creepy cabin in the woods. This ghostly adventure will challenge you to conduct a series of paranormal experiments in the dark. It's the perfect night of spooky fun if you love ghost stories or enjoy the thrill of trying to contact the other side. And just for you, our lovely spookies, you could receive 20% off if you use our code SPOOKYHOUR. Just go to hauntedwalk.com slash the haunting and use code SPOOKYHOUR for 20% off. Happy haunting and stay spooky. And with that, it's uh, time to get spooky for the last time in spooktober i know wow. it's so sad i mean we're gonna get spooky more but this is the last spooktober spooky it's special right. <laughs> and this time we're just gonna chat about the history of halloween oh wow why okay. it started where it Fun. came from why we do the things we do let's just chat i love it okay um so halloween actually started as an ancient Cel wow an ancient celtic festival called Samhain obviously it's irish i Ob literally didn't know it was irish yeah. i love that i love <laughs> um, your people <laughs> i love my people too um so it's called it's also called like summer's end so it's a pagan religious festival mm -hmm. and it would be celebrated from october 31st to november 1st so this marked the end of summer and beginning of like a new year so the end of the harvest season and bringing on the cold dark winter 
So now people who celebrated this festival, they would bring, or they, sorry, they believed that the barriers between our world and the spiritual world would break down during this time, meaning better communication with this other world. They also believed like this is the time where the dead return to earth. Um, so in this time, ancient um, Celts, which they were called at that time, <laughs> Just I the Celts. Just the Celts. Um, they would let their like fireplace in their home burn out while they were collecting out collecting their harvest. So they would then gather with like the druid priests and set like a community fire in town. And so it was like a huge like fire pit basically. So this fire was made using a wheel as it would cause like friction when it was turned and it would spark flames. And it represented the sun and was used as part of the festival. So it was part of their prayers and like to pay homage to the dead. I love this. I feel like we need to have a bonfire on Halloween now. Right? It's it's that's where it started from, you guys. So unfortunately cattle were sacrificed in this ritual and community members would take the flame from this community fire back to their home to relight relight their own fireplace um so apparently this was mandatory to attend and if you didn't it was like believed it would result in illness and death caused by the gods it's also said that they would spend six days drinking alcohol and just endless feasts because <laughs> fucking, i love it we love the irish the we irish love man <laughs> love it can we so we're we're changing our halloween hangout we're not just watching scary movies we're doing exactly this we're, everything that you're saying today we're doing yeah minus minus sacrificing cattle no we'll do it fuck it <laughs> <laughs> sorry moo moos <laughs> um so as i said the celts believed that during the sawin the barrier between our world and the spirit world was thin this also meant that monsters had the ability to show during this time as well so they'd be able to come to earth and roam whatever they wanted to do people would leave offerings just outside the village or in the fields in hopes that these creatures would avoid the community these creatures included fairies the puka the I didn't look up that word, so I'm sorry. <laughs> I like wrong. it. Puka. I like it. <laughs> it's like a shape-shifting creature. Okay. Um, the lady gone. It's a headless lady who is accompanied by a pig. That's awesome. Same. And the Dulahan. Oh, the Dulahan. Yeah. So I will be doing uh, an episode on the fairies eventually, but some people would dress up as like animals or monsters so the fairies wouldn't kidnap them. They thought so that fairies are bad in this in this yeah, lore. They're not okay. that great. They're not that great. Yeah. They're not these like happy go things. Yeah, no. That <laughs> <laughs> they're not Tinkerbell. <laughs> so as the years and like centuries went on, the Sawin aged and like Christianity started to vamp up and like sort of took over the pagan communities in Ireland and in the UK. So the Christianity groups or the Christian groups tried to take Samhain as like their own and kind of like reframe it, like reform it and make it into a Christian celebration. So Pope Boniface in the 5th century moved Samhain to May 13th and made it a day to celebrate saints. Um, In the 9th century, Pope Gregory was like, go fuck yourself (laughs) and moved it back to its rightful day, but declared it old back to its rightful time and declared it um, All Saints Day, which is November 1st. And then All Souls Day is November 2nd to honor the dead. And that's what it is today. Yeah. So with this being moved to November, the pagans decided that October 31st would then become All Hallows Eve or Halloween. And this encompassed the traditional pagan practices, as I mentioned earlier. And with all the Irish immigrants, like, migrating to America in the 19th century um, and, like, bringing, like, their heritage with them, it eventually was adopted in America as well. 
So that's how it merged into America was all these Irish immigrants coming I over. I literally had no idea it was Irish. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> so cool. <laughs> right? Um, so with jack-o'-lanterns, carving pumpkins also comes from Ireland. So the legend goes that this guy named Stingy Jack had trapped the devil. Um, he trapped the devil by inviting him to have a drink with him, which the devil agreed. So Jack didn't want to pay for the drink, so he convinced the devil to turn himself into a coin. <laughs> <laughs> so he could pay for the drink and like the devil did and he was like yeah sure i'll <laughs> that's fine cool and, party trick right and instead of like paying for the drink jack put the coin in his pocket next to a cross which prevented the devil from turning back oh. into his regular form so he trapped him yeah so jack said he would let the devil go if the devil agreed to never send jack to hell so the devil agreed and was like yeah i won't send you to hell whatever get them let me out of this fucking pocket um so when jack died so the devil got released um so when jack died he didn't go to hell but he also didn't go to heaven either because you can't go to hell you can't go to heaven it's one or the other um (laughs) so he went to purgatory jack forgot about purgatory Um, which to me is like worse than hell to be honest oh gosh yeah so when jack got sent to purgatory he was made to roam the earth as a ghost for the rest of eternity the devil had given him a lump of burning coals and jack carried these coals in a carved out turnip to help him light his way so now the irish began to call jack's ghostly figure as and i quote jack of lantern which eventually turned into jack-o-lantern that's so cool yeah so they would so the irish would start to carve faces into turnips and potatoes um so (laughs) they're yeah i mean obviously um so their own version of like jack-o-lantern so they would place them near their doors and windows to frighten um stingy jack and like other creatures that would come out during the sawin um to try to keep them away so once all Hallow's Eve was adopted in America in the 19th century, people started carving these faces into pumpkins instead, and thus jack-o'-lanterns. That's so cool. Yeah. I knew that they were some sort of, like, warding of evil, but I didn't know it was based on, like, a person. Yeah, because they wanted to keep That's him so away. That's so cool. So they're like, if we can keep him away, we can keep everyone else away, too. So, like, let's do it. But at first it was turnips, not pumpkins. It wasn't pumpkins <laughs> until they went to America. I love that. <laughs> carving turnips yeah we're gonna go carve out turnips now not that's actually i've noticed a new trend this year uh people doing like uh uh watermelons pineapples like yeah non-pumpkin and like i kind of like it i kind of think it's cute i don't mind it i mean if you think about it like like why a pumpkin because it's perfectly round and like what else do you use pumpkin for besides like pumpkin pie i only use it for jack-o'-lanterns to be completely honest yeah and people like eat seeds but like oh, other the seeds that. yeah i do the seeds as well uh we used to feed the chunks to the tortoise she loved pumpkin um and then the dog eats some of the guts sometimes yeah but that's about it man that's crazy but I'm, I'm here for that trend tag us in your jack-o'-lanterns if they're pineapples or pumpkins or i don't care I want Just to see take your lanterns. Yeah. <laughs> um, so with trick-or-treating and like Halloween costumes. So during Samhain, people would sometimes dress up in hopes to like fake out the ghosts. So as like these two worlds veil was like thin people would like disguise themselves so spirits wouldn't notice them and just kind of leave them alone just to be like hey i'm not here leave me alone um (laughs) so now in irish and scottish practices in the nights leading up to the Samhain, people would put on um a costume so like either a ghost angel whatever they wanted to be and go door to door and would sing a song on behalf of the dead in exchange (laughs) for either food or money 
so this was called souling and they really? did this when people died as well yeah it was the thing so you'd go up to someone's door <laughs> and start singing for the dead and they would give you like a piece of cake i'm just picturing us knocking on your neighbor's door <laughs> she would probably Saturday shoot night. me she would shoot just me. drunk as hell let me sing you this song <laughs> <laughs> let me sing you the song of my people <laughs> No, wait, we have to throw rocks at the door because we have to be six feet away from it. That's <laughs> fine. I'll just scream at her and yeah. then she'll just start screaming at me. It'll be fine. <laughs> um, You're giving me terrible ideas. I love this episode. <laughs> Saturday's going to be great, you guys. We'll keep you updated. Um, so this from one, jail. From, yeah, from, from jail. Um, who wants to be our, like, call or what is it? First call? One call? Only, only call? Only call? Yeah, I've never been to jail. Do so we have any know. lawyers that listen to us? Yeah, help us. <laughs> because it'll probably happen um so this eventually was done by kids and teens as well who would like either sing they would sometimes tell a joke they would perform a trick or recite a poem and they would collect their treat from the house after so it kind of became a thing you'd be like go up to this house and sing a song and get food it's great i like it um and then so not necessarily for like the dead they kind of just wanted free food is that where though like the song came from like trick or treat smell my feet give me something good to eat not too big not too small just the size of montreal <laughs> thank you <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> so once all uh, wow so once all hallows eve was brought to the states in the 19th century and the americans adopted this tradition eventually like with the especially well especially with the baby boom after world war ii parents wanted to dress their kids up in costumes and it was basically just like exploded after that so it mm-hmm. became just like a standard practice eventually just kind of went into this you go door to door and get freaking trick or treats and that kind of dress thing. Up and- dress up and have fun. And um, just a little fun fact: it's unknown where the exact like trick or treat wording came from, but um, that word was actually used in a Peanuts comic strip in 1951. And in oh. 1952, Disney released a cartoon with Donald Duck and called it Trick or Treat. That's so fun! I didn't yeah. know that. So, and then also um, Wicca um wiccans also like celebrate Samhain, and they use a lot of like the traditional celebrations as well such as like the fire ceremonies and like they celebrate like the solstices and the the equinox Mm -hmm. and for those that don't know that like wicca is like some sort of like nature-based like pagan religion just like more modern day um just wanted to add that in there because that's pretty neat so they still do like your traditional Samhain festivals their ceremonies yeah but that's, I love the Wiccans. Yeah, same here. That's the the history of Halloween, you guys. I love that. God bless the Irish. Yeah. Like, we owe so much to the Irish, we, you guys. We do. I love that. Like, I knew some of the, the sort of origin stories, but, like, you, you opened my eyes. Yeah. Thank you for that. What a great way to end Spooktober. Mine was a little short, You're... but I knew Zodiac was going to take up <laughs> our whole episode. I'm like, I got to give it to her. excited. Got to give it to her. Thank you for that. You're welcome. That was fun. Oh, my gosh. And and we're done Spooktober. We're done Spooktober, you guys. This is really sad. All that's left to do is get drunk and knock on your neighbor's door and sing. Yeah. Uh, well, no, that's, that's not it. You guys might want to stay tuned later in the week. You, yeah. you know us. We're not done yet. Yeah. You might see something. Something, something. You might. Oh, and if you if you haven't done it yet, um, what better weekend than Halloween to try the haunted walks, the haunting at home? Yeah. Um, I'm sure Danielle has our ad somewhere in here, but I'm going to reiterate it anyways. Yeah, the ad will be placed in here at some point, but it's they're only doing it for the month of October, you guys. So go get it while yeah, you still can. And, 
honestly, it is the perfect spooky fun. Um, we genuinely really enjoyed it. Uh, use our code spooky hour for 20% off. Um, but if you guys do do it, let us know because I'm interested to see if anyone else has any good results. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's perfect for this new fucking COVID Halloween that we have to do. You don't have to leave your house. It's just people in your bubble. Um, you could do it alone if you really wanted, but I highly recommend not doing that. Yeah. We filmed ours when we did it and we're still going through some of the footage. So we might yeah, post we'll probably a bit more. plop some plop some clips in there we did post one clip uh we got a few responses on twitter about the clip uh being extra spooky it's where our camera fucking dies our fully charged camera yep and uh i don't know if we've ever corrected this in an episode did we talk about how we thought it was my papa and then i don't think we talked about it yet but yeah so uh before we reviewed the footage we thought the camera had died when i touched my papa's shirt so we had assumed that it was maybe my papa doing something but then when we reviewed the footage it was uh danielle was speaking about her papa and says something about uh his shirt being her safety blanket and then the camera dies yeah so actually it was danielle's papa or they were having a papa battle yeah one or the other he's probably or he was probably just like safety blanket are you a child you don't need this (laughs) safety blanket for this bitch (laughs) (laughs) literally (laughs) so yeah check it out uh this weekend if you guys haven't done it yet highly recommend if you're don't have any plans for halloween yeah you should be doing something spooky yeah and you, you should take us in if you do it and get some really cool footage tag us in it the haunted walk in it we yeah. have instagram it's a spooky hour podcast you can find the video on twitter at spooky hour and you can email us if you want to hear certain stories or just chat with us as well we have an, a gmail it's the spooky hour podcast 666 at gmail.com and that's it that's it and i guess i mean if you guys want to send us more spooky tales you can um i don't know when we they're, they're always a surprise but keep sending them in we love reading them yeah we do um and with that happy Halloween. yeah um we'll be talking to you guys on social media we will most definitely wish you a happy halloween on the big day yeah but i don't know about you guys i like to celebrate every day leading up to it for so for the next week i'm gonna be doing something stupid every day on my instagram or something get prepared because it's a saturday it's a full a moon. full moon. We're going to go drunkenly annoy my neighbors. <laughs> it's going to be great. So whatever you do to celebrate, make sure you're doing it safely and smartly. Please remember we are still in a pandemic, but that doesn't mean that you cannot be spooky. Yep. And stay spooky. Stay spooky. The spookiest. <laughs> bye, guys. Okay, bye. Bye.